Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast, where it's all about real food and holistic living in the real world. With your host, nutritional therapist, Amy Love. And please note our disclaimer, all information and content in this podcast is for general information only and not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, and thanks so much for joining us on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast today. Today, we're talking to Elaine Bolin with Fields of Athenary Farm in Virginia. Hi, Elaine. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you, Amy? Thanks so much for being here. I am just so inspired looking at your website of your farm. Um, You guys are really taking the time to do it right. We hope so. We try. It's not an easy task always, but it's a lot of fun. Yes, farming's a lot of work, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Especially when you do it the right way. This is so true. (laughs) So I'm looking at your website now, and I see that your farm motto is this. Here at the farm, we believe in healthy eating as the first and foremost preventative to many illnesses that are a result of reliance on convenient and processed foods. I love that. Food first, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's amazing. So now you guys, were you always a traditional eating family? Not to this level. Not. Okay. I thought we were, but boy, there was so much to learn. Really? Okay, so tell me kind of what happened, because I know you have a little bit of a story um, with your daughter actually having some health challenges, correct? That's right. Wow. What I so tell thought, me a little bit about what happened there. What I thought was healthy eating, um, you know, we always had ate together as a family, a family that eats together stays together, right? That's right. where we were raised. And, um, you know, meat, potatoes, vegetables, salad, every meal, dinner, and... Um, a good breakfast and we grew up in a very athletic Olympic level swimming family. So obviously we had to eat well and uh, to maintain that, that level um, of competition. Exactly. I am married to a wonderful husband, Brad, and we have five daughters together. Oh, wow. And we have our three oldest girls an eight year gap and then our two youngest girls and our second youngest, Bernadette, um, around first, second grade, started going in and out of uh, voracious eating, voracious eating. And, um, and then it would subside. And then my hmm. leggies hurt. My head hurts. My elbows hmm. hurt. Um, and then that would kind of subside. So it was confusing, wondering, is it growing pains? Right. Or what's going on. But it also seemed uh, it was too frequent. Um, And it turned out six and a half years later, fighting with doctors, um, that she had a tumor in her brain and something called Cushing's disease. Yes. And... um, And how rare to find it that young. Well, that was sheer persistence because... Our family is fairly healthy, Um, Mm -hmm. although my brother, who was an Olympic swimmer, uh, later in his late 20s, back in the day when you would get engaged, 
they used to do blood tests to determine uh-huh. if you were compatible. And we had an amazing endocrinologist friend who picked up on one of his levels and said, I need to you to come in and, and check you because something is really off here. And it turned out oh, wow. my brother did have a pituitary tumor. And um, then later it turned out, and my mom, I think it was in her late 60s, uh, we rushed her to the hospital. She was having stroke-like symptoms and her feet were curling up like that wicked witch in Wizard of Oz with the curly toes. Oh, my toes. goodness. And um, we rushed her to the hospital. It turned out she had a brain tumor. And after they uh, emergency removed the first brain tumor, 72 hours later, while she was recovering, she was rushed back in for a second tumor that was hiding behind the first. And they couldn't see it until all the swelling went down. Right. Wow. And then, bizarrely enough, one of my sisters developed something called carcinoid cancer. Oh. And I have had two thyroidectomies for suspicious thyroid cancer. So we found out that what had happened when my mom was pregnant with us back in the day, it was not uncommon to give a woman who was having premature labor a shot called dinestrol, DNS. And I may be pronouncing yes, yes. I may be pronouncing that wrong, but that's what happened. And they found out later that um, later in our adult, young adult lives, uh, these type symptoms would occur and show up. And oh they attributed gosh. it to that shot that my yeah. mother was given while she was pregnant with us, and then come to find out that it can also go on to the next generation. Oh my gracious! Hence my daughter and several of the other grandkids in the family have had kind of weird bizarre stuff crop up and that is unreal yeah so that started me on this path um, when the doctors kept telling me nothing was wrong nothing was wrong for six and a half years I'm like something's wrong and we do have a family history that I I can't ignore No, not at all. That's a very strong family history. And, you know, moms know. Moms know when something's going on with their kid that's not quite right. And you guys were, you know, eating well, you know, well as as far as most people do. Um, You were active. um, And you were just noticing all this stuff going on that, you know, I mean, that's not normal at all. So moms know. And you just have to keep advocating over and over and over, you know, different doctors, different tests, different whatever it takes to get to the root. And finally, you know, I guess you had this one doctor that was like, this is Cushing. Yes. Um, actually, we ended up flying Bernadette back to Arizona. We were living in Virginia at the time this was all going on. But I, I flew her back to Arizona to our old doctor, Riscala, Tofik Riscala. He was wonderful. He was an OBG YN, but an infertility mm-hmm. specialist with an endocrine, huh. with an endocrine, amazing endocrine background. Yeah, he was into those hormones. Yep, and he was brilliant. And he took one look at her, even though he was retired. He was in his 80s at this time, and he was retired. He said, I don't know how much they're going to listen to me, but I'll write a letter on her behalf. But from all the outward signs, she is Cushing's all the way. 
Oh, my gosh. So I flew back home, and I kept hearing um, about this group called Weston A. Price. Mm-hmm. And um, there was another couple doctors um, that I kept – their names kept coming up. And a doctor, Pete Hillgartner, and his mm-hmm. wife, Lolin Hillgartner, who were Weston A. Price chapter leaders. And I kind of thought, oh, I don't know about all of this. Right. <laughs> but out of desperation, I was willing to try anything. And I also had gone to see another woman doctor who's kind of holistic up in, in um, West Virginia. And she was the first one that actually said, uh, ah, this is pretty suspicious. And, but then Pete and Lolin were close to me. And then the Weston A. Price connection kept, you know, when you hear things multiple times and you say, maybe I better listen. Right. And that's a little sign. (laughs) Why is everybody talking about this all of a sudden? Yes. So I finally broke down and I went to see them and they said to me, you know, Elaine, they're not going to treat her until they can find the tumor. And that can be difficult at best sometimes with Cushing's tumors. And because the only way to catch it is when it's active. So the okay, because it kind of comes and goes, right? Correct. The tumor can okay. wake up and produce way too much. What, what happens in Cushing's is the tumor can be in the brain, in the pituitary, mm-hmm. the adrenal. I actually had a woman contact me looking for any help or information. She had one in her lung. Really? And... She, That's so unusual. Very unusual. And I've had doctors argue with me, argue with me. Yeah. And some of the doctor's names you would be surprised at that argued <laughs> with me that there is no way that's a clinical Cushing's if it isn't in the adrenal because she's a daughter. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I stuck to my guns, and we went to see Dr. Pete and Lolin, and they started teaching me Weston A. Price and traditional eating. And then I met Monica Corrado, who expanded yes. my horizons even more. And um, in October of 2008, I, my endocrinologist here, who is an adult endocrinologist, which is very uh-huh. different for, than for children, I begged him for years to look at Bernadette. He just, he wouldn't do it until she turned 12. And when she turned 12, he finally took her in. And thank God he insisted on doing CAT scans of her pituitary of the brain and then of her adrenals because insurance and everything, everyone else didn't want to bother with the brain. Oh, my gracious. He insisted and they found that tumor. Thank God. And I think I read that it was something like 758 milligrams of cortisol being produced a day. Yes. By that tumor. Yeah. And, you know, just for everybody listening, normally, you know, we're going to be between, you know, 16, 17, 18, and, and 20 a day for most people. So that is a huge, huge amount. And in a little body. In a tiny little body. And, you know, we have athletes that die from taking too much steroid. They're, mm-hmm. you know, their body bulks up that they eat ferociously it increases your appetite which is why Bernadette was having these fits of just wanting to eat everything and then it would kind of go away 
but too much, you know, it, it, it breaks down your tissues, it breaks down your organs, and it also eventually leads to depression and then into schizophrenia and then into death. Wow. So I'm looking at, and they usually don't find it until people are in their late 20s, early 30s. And by then it's too late. And then they're also suffering horrible self-body esteem, horrible self-esteem, because you've, you've got this weight gain that you have no control over. Right. And you're doing everything right, you know, traditionally thinking. You're eating well, you're moving, but you've got this this weight gain that can't be explained. Right. And I'll tell you, people thought I was crazy. I, I was going to my feed mills and asking, is there steroid in the feed? I was looking into the history of the property of our, our farm, what kind of stuff might have been disposed into the ground. That The way I look at it is kind of like some of us, like a bee sting. Some yeah. of us can get stung. 18 times, nothing happens. Some of us can get stung one time, we're dead. Some of us right. can get stung three, four, five, and it's that sixth time. Each time it gets worse. Mm-hmm. So what was, like, all this stuff's going through my head. What is going on with her? And people thought I was crazy because on the outside, other than being a chubby, heavy set kid, she's this beautiful, perfect, happy, adjusted, loving family kid mm-hmm. right but inside her body hurts she shuffled like a little old man um <sighs> she ran her sheep for 4-h sheep club she you know our farm isn't flat it's hilly and they'd run those sheep and even though she was hurting inside she just persevered through the pain like kids do because she right. wanted to run and play and be normal of course she played soccer once a week they had their ponies, and they belonged to the 4-H Pony Club, and they loved going to the district show and the 4-H state horse show and the 4-H um, local county fair. They lived for that stuff. So no kid is going to be sick enough to not go to that, so they work through it, and that's what she did. Exactly, right. Yeah, I mean, like you said, those kids seem to have boundless energy and can withstand a lot. And so I'm sure to other parents and doctors, it was like, what do you mean? She's fine. She's totally healthy. Exactly. How frustrating. And, you know, you're echoing so much that I hear from our listeners, from, you know, our community. So many moms have fought the same battle on different levels for their children because they knew something wasn't right. It's so true. And all I can do is encourage people to listen, especially as you clean up your eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you start switching. Dr. Pete Lolin encouraged me to let's go after the root cause. Right. We're going to assume this is what it is. And let's go boost the root cause the best way we know how from our knowledge base in supplements and minerals and um, your food, what are you putting into her? So what is this disease going to attack? And we mm-hmm. knew that was going to be her, her glands and her organs. Right. And Dr. Pete said, Elaine, you're on a farm. You can get liver and kidneys. You've got to get that stuff into her. And I'm like, nice. Yeah, right. I'm exactly right. <laughs> Everybody's lining up to eat that. <laughs> and he said, if you could figure out a product to get that stuff, you know, like liverwurst or, or blood sausage, if you could do some of that kind of stuff and get that into these. I have so many 
clients and um, patients that need this, but it's hard to find. And that kind of triggered the thought in my head, what could or how could I cook the organ meat and get it to taste so yummy Mm -hmm. that she and her sisters and uh, my husband would want to eat this. And Mm -hmm. I started thinking, you know, I, I love personally, my thing is making stews and soups and we had a big family, you know, big batches of stuff that will go far and kind of blend all the Exactly. Yeah. And it's easy to reheat, easy to keep for, you know, during the week. So I started working on the base to my soups. I mean, this okay. was 15 years ago, long before bone broths were, you know, kind of the big niche thing that right. it became last year. And um, I literally spent two years developing the flavor of my broths because I knew if I didn't get it right and they saw me cooking with chicken feet and chicken heads and right. beef and lamb livers. And I, hey, what are you doing? And I used the lamb head. Um, they would never go near my kitchen or my food again. <laughs> they were young kids. And the first time they saw the chicken feet and head bobbing around, they were pretty grossed out. I'm sure. <laughs> A lot of kids now think it's kind of neat, you know, to check out. But yeah, when you know you're going to eat that, it's like, why are you putting that? So you had through, um, through Dr. Pete, they had talked to you about traditional ancestral eating. And then you had also discovered nourishing traditions, which the cookbook that led you to making broth, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. A and then it was like, how do we superfood this? Yes. Yes. And uh, now we have what we call Bernadette's broth. and, um, and Named after your daughter. Named after Bernadette. Beautiful. And uh, that's made with beef and lamb. And all oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's a combination. It's a combination of beef and lamb. And um, then we have mom's uh, chicken liquid gold. We call it liquid gold. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, we use, you know, the old stewing hens that are birds past their laying stage. Uh-huh. And then we add the feet and the necks and the backs. And uh, um, I I used to add heads in all of my broths when I was doing it just for my family. Uh-huh. I don't add heads anymore for the public, just to okay. make that clear, just because of some of the USDA rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I, um, I absolutely, if you have access to heads, I think it's a very powerful and potent combination. Yeah, we would do that on our farm as well. When we had our, our farm, we would use, I mean, I didn't want it going to waste, Absolutely, and uh, and we had access, so it it did make some amazing broth. And that was actually encouraged to me by our old Dr. Tofik Riscala friend, who was from Greece, and they always used the lamb head when making the base of a broth, and it really is amazing the flavor. Yeah, and and not to mention all the, all the health benefits. You know, all those glands, all that, you know, I mean, it's it's right there. I think there's something to be said for ocular health, uh, brain health. There's, yes. there's a lot to be said for that. Yes. Right. And that's why, you know, when we make fish broth, you put the fish heads in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not a doctor and I'm not going to purport to be, but I, I 
absolutely know unequivocally what this has done for our family and for others now that come to me and can you get this for me? Can you get that for me? Or my someone has cancer or someone has leukemia or they've got and the they need flu to be nourished. and they need to be nourished and mm-hmm. that that is so warming to me. That's the passion yeah. that I right. have for our mission. Yeah, because I mean you've seen what this has done for your family and it's amazing when you have the power in your hands, in your kitchen, to positively make a huge change. Absolutely. Is it the cure-all? No. But right. my gosh, if it gives your kid a good night's sleep, or if it gives your child who's constipated uh, an easier bowel movement, mm-hmm. or they feel like they're nourished and they relax, to right. me, those are... Bigger beneficial signs than some of the canned power drinks out there that... Oh, for sure. I mean, it's amazing, the change. And it's undeniable. It really, truly is undeniable. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I've seen it. And, you know, I mean, um, you know, my journey was obviously different, but many ways the same in that, you know, I was so sick and had... um, you know, many doctors, you know, turned me away. It was chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, crazy endocrine problems, migraines. I mean, it was really four typed pages of symptoms I carried around to doctor after doctor. And it was just either all in my head or, oh, it was a little, you know, depression or it was whatever. And um, it was actually changing my diet. We actually went raw vegan first, which turned out to be not the right way to go, but that was the information available at the time, and it was actually through that community that I found nourishing traditions, funny enough, um, because people were talking about soaking seeds and nuts, and so I thought, what is this nourishing traditions book everybody keeps referencing, and I got it. I read it immediately, those first, you know, 60, 70 pages, whatever's in there about ancestral nutrition really just resonated with me to my core. I'm like, this is truth. We've got to change the way that we're eating. We've got to clean it up. You know, things need to be properly prepared, properly sourced. It was so eye-opening. And at the time, you know, of course, I was overweight, so I was like, oh, I can't eat fats. And then to understand the benefits of healthy, really healthy, good fats, um, you know, it was like so eye-opening. Um, and like we talked about, the power is in your kitchen. It is in your hands. You know, it doesn't matter what other treatments you're undergoing. There's no way that good nutrition is not going to help you. No, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And the most fascinating thing of all is I encourage people, give it six weeks. Give it six weeks and, and see, cut out all dairy, all bread for your first six weeks. Mm-hmm. And if it just does, in case there's some sensitivity, let's just just take case. it out of the park. Just right? in case, let's just crash course this. Six weeks, take out all all grains, all bread, all dairy, all gluten, pasta. Because you know, people used to say gluten to me, and I'm like, okay, well, what is that? You know, uh-huh. right? I, I didn't think I was dumb in the kitchen, but you know, what do all these terms mean? Exactly. It's confusing. It is. You know, pretzels, Twizzlers. Twizzlers, our favorite candy, has gluten in it. Ah! Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew about all the other stuff, but I didn't know it had gluten. (laughs) 
And so we started all this. And what I would encourage moms um, and dads to consider is give it that first six-week crash course. Mm -hmm. Now, come on. I had five kids. I wasn't going to kill them all at once. So when there was a 4-H monthly meeting and it was our turn to bring all the goodies, that that one time or two times a year where it was our turn to bring the goodies, we'd go into the grocery store and I'd let them get all the junk food they want, soda, (laughs) candy, whatever. And inevitably, inevitably, three or four people who knew me and, you know, I'm the so-called clean mom, clean eating mom, (laughs) they'd be looking at the cart and it's 4-H meeting tonight. It's the 4-H course club tonight. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think, you know, there has to be a practical side, but the really cool part of that is when you clean up their eating and you do that crash course for six weeks and then maybe it's eight weeks and then maybe it's 12 weeks. And everybody feels so good. Yep. And then they go and do the candy overload. They don't feel good. No, and they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. It's amazing. It's so cool. It is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Thanksgiving comes. I'm not Thanksgiving, Halloween. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, I don't really want the candy. Yeah. Do I really want to feel like that? But isn't that amazing how the gut, the, the gut, the neurotransmitters um, from the gut to the brain work yeah. with regards oh. to food. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's so powerful, and people just don't, you know, we weren't taught. We weren't raised to know this. This wasn't, you know, a class in school is how our gut health affects everything else in our body. You know, it can be everything from autoimmune disease to mood disorders to behavioral issues, um, you know, and on and on and on. I mean, it's really the root of so much inflammation and so much immune system dysfunction. So when we get this, you know, the diet cleaned up and we get this amazing bone broth in there. I mean, I know we've talked about bone broth. Hopefully everybody knows about bone broth by now. We've talked about it on the blog. We've done videos. Um, the whole world's talking about it right now. Thank goodness. Um, it's so healing, so important. And, you know, again, like I said, it's so popular right now, but there's there are some on the market that aren't necessarily the real deal, and they're not really nice and strong. And so yours, you do a little bit different of a technique, don't you? I do. I do. Um, actually, we do several bone broths, and I think this is important, too, um, for those who are new to this, uh, and I hope I'm not you know, jumbling on here about something everyone already knows, but no, we need to know about this. Um, you know, there's different levels, if you will, of bone broth. There's beginners, there's your baby's bone broth, um, which is made with all the, the same process, but just a little bit of salt. Okay. And so not all the herbs and spices, not the apple cider vinegar. It's, it's just bones and a little bit of sea salt. And a little bit of sea salt. And it's yeah. only cooked, it's only rolled, as we say. It's only cooked on your, on your cooktop for three hours for chicken. Okay. And um, for the, the beef, or as I make it, beef and lamb combination, uh-huh. that is cooked only for eight hours. Okay. So it's not... For the baby broth. For the baby broth along with a little bit of sea salt because babies need salt in their diet. 
And you don't want to cook it for so long that I think it's the protein or the molecular changes that occur get Uh so big that the little intestines, the the villi in the baby's stomach, can can digest it. You want them that it's not too harsh on their system. Right. So the baby broth's a little more gentle and, and not just for kiddos because that could actually be beneficial for other people that are having severe digestive issues or, you know, a lot of allergies or anything like that, right? If they can't have the herbs and spices. Absolutely. Or maybe you hear a lot about leaky gut. Um, mm-hmm. Someone who's gone through maybe a lot of surgeries or who has been on a lot of antibiotics or a lot of different type of medications, Um, Mm. You know, so you think about how those have affected, I, here's, here's a little phrase that I need to coin that I call it, Uh quiet insidiousness, quiet insidiousness, what's happening on the inside, why do we feel sick, what can't we see, what don't we understand about what we're absorbing into our bodies, our skin, that's affecting us, that makes us feel this way, because we shouldn't feel crummy. No. So if somebody who's been through a lot, maybe a pregnancy, maybe a C-section, and they've mm-hmm. been given antibiotics or whatever, or the um, epidurals, those medications are in our system, and our body has to filter it out, absorb it, get it cleaned out, and that takes time. That doesn't just happen overnight. Right. So now I go back to that bee sting. Some of us bounce back, no problem. But right. some of us, that first, second, third, fourth, fifth, it's going to come and hit us at some given right. point in time. Yeah, it's the final straw. So how do you heal from the inside? So when you, you take the bone broth, it's given us the minerals and the, the supplements and the nutrients that we need to get back in our body. So we may need to start on that a little gentler. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the baby broth just a little bit. Right. If you can't handle baby broth with the sea, the sea salt, if you can't do salt because there are medical conditions, you can't do salt, there's the meat stock. And the mm-hmm. stocks are rolled, again, chicken three hours, beef or lamb or beef and lamb for eight hours, but just a handful of peppercorns. Okay. And, again, the same premise. Um, Bernadette can't do pepper. She just can't do pepper, but it gives that little bit of seasoning. Yeah. And then we have our ultimate broths, what we call Bernadette's broth, and then our mom's liquid gold. And that has a boatload of herbs and spices that give flavor to the hilt that you want to just slug it down. And um, you could all, if you wanted, you could add your vegetables and meat to it and have instantaneous soup. Mm-hmm. Um, we we do when my kids are craving bread we do a wonderful gluten-free pasta so you know i i give them that i'm not going to kill them all at one time <laughs> i got to give them a little something or a brown rice right. and then there you have it and we make like a traditional chicken noodle soup with that yeah yeah and it's oh, fun that's nice. and in the summer when i want to get broth i'll do the chicken noodle soup like that and i'll add parsley and parmesan cheese so they're still getting oh, the broth oh that's good but it yeah. seems more summery right and not so hot exactly yeah so you're using the cooling effect of these different herbs and vegetables at different times of the year yes not doing as many as the warm of the warming root vegetables and those kind of things right 
Right. Yeah. You can switch it up. I mean, you can just a bazillion ways to, to use it. Oh, absolutely. And then, yeah, and I mean, we just love to drink it by the mug full sometimes. That's what we do in the morning is it's a great breakfast for kids in the morning because you can yeah. throw it in a thermos or in a mug. They can drink it on the way to school. Um, they can, you know, whether you, you, I always drove my kids to school. I, I just never put them on the bus. I, mm-hmm. it's funny. It's one of the things I learned. I learned more about my children. I picked them up after school. Driving uh-huh. home because they'd hop in the car and they would be blah, 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 blah about the day. Yeah, ready to talk. <laughs> and one time my kids backloaded on me. They all ganged up. And I said, okay, you want to go on a school bus and go to public school? Yeah, now you have to remember we were in Arizona at this time. And Arizona's public schools were not the best. Really? <laughs> yeah, they, they're like 50th on the list. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, so I said, Okay. You guys want to give me a hard time? I'm done with this. I'm not fighting with you anymore. And I put them on the school bus and I sent them to the public school. Within a month, they were begging me to go back to driving, I carpooling, and going back back to their their little local Catholic school. <laughs> well, that's such a nice tip, you know, for parents. As I mean, Mama Five here, so you know, sharing that that's a really great time to connect, and what a perfect time too for a great afternoon snack of the thermos of broth. Again, talking about it being portable, you know, pick them up from school. Here's your thermos of broth. You know, let's get you nourished. Let's bring you down from the day and especially if they had lunch at school which you know we know isn't the best um so you know that's a really good way to kind of ease them into the afternoon but yeah that's a fun tip that that's when they like to share and and let you know everything that's going on and I can only imagine with five that's like quite the exciting you know discourse about the day well which is cool too because if you're running your kids to a sport at that uh-huh. point in the day or they're just coming home and they've got to buckle down to homework. Mm-hmm. You've just given them a great brain booster. Oh my goodness, yeah. And just kind of a new lift of energy for those last few hours of the day before dinner without right. throwing chips or candy into them. Right. It's going to be sustained and you know, it's got, you know, all kinds of, you know, vitamins, minerals, all kinds of things in there to really nourish them and you know talking about the sports you know um the the gelatin in the broth is so good for our joints um so you know that's perfect for active kiddos even old ladies like me when your knees yeah. are hurting and you want to go for those glucosamine pills uh-huh get the synthetic glucosamine go for go for drinking go for the broth. broth it's amazing how fast you can jump off the back of a truck again <laughs> and at a farm, I know that you're probably doing that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have, what, tell me about what kind of animals you have on your farm. I, I don't even know. How many different types of animals do you have? All right. So we have 32 acres where we live. And uh-huh. you have to remember, I did not get into this thinking I was going to be doing any of this. Okay. This all grew out of Bernadette's need for a change in our lifestyle because of her illness, her Cushing disease. And so we started out just having a few animals for their 4-H fun and for my fun and my enjoyment. Uh Uh-huh. Because you had the space. Yeah. It was, and it's beautiful in Virginia. And uh, we had 
all different kind of chickens. I love McMurray Hatchery. You know, uh-huh. we ordered from them. Yeah, there's. <laughs> I've been ordering. I ordered from them in Arizona. Gosh, it's got to be 40 years now. I've been ordering from them. I love them. That's oh wow! Nice. And it's if if nobody knows that that website, go to it because the chickens are so much fun to look at. They have so many. They are so much fun. They, yeah, we did our lemon buff cuckoo Orkington, <laughs> Orpingtons from them and love them. Oh my gracious! Oh, it's so much fun. But um, now at this point in our life, we have sheep. We raise Suffolk and oh, nice. Dorset. Uh huh. We raise the Suffolk for their lean meat, and then the Dorset for their broad rib cages and their ability to throw good milk and carry uh-huh. babies. Oh, wow. And then we cross those two breeds, and that's called like a hybrid vigor uh, between uh-huh. two breeds. So we really get a, a nice a nice meat out of that. Um, oh, good. The wool, the Dorsets can throw a nice wool, but we use our wool. Um, the the Suffolks are not great wool sheep. Uh-huh. Um, but we take all of our wool and we mulch it into our compost pile. Because oh, wool, wow. wool works for um, absorbing water, keeping moisture in. Oh, that's a neat idea. I've never heard that. Yeah, so we actually had an organic strawberry farm coming in picking up our wool every year. Oh, wow. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why? why? Right. Why, why aren't I using it and mulching it into our compost, <laughs> you know? So we started doing that. Um, nice. We raised turkeys, and it's turkey season. And I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, looking out, I'm looking out my window right now onto about 300 turkeys having a ball out in the fields. Oh, my gracious. <laughs> and they are so funny. They are really fun to watch. And, oh, they can be kind of loud. They, <laughs> if you go, <laughs> they all start, yeah. gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> uh, Farm TV. <laughs> so we have broad-breasted bronze and uh-huh. a broad-breasted white. And okay. then we also have heritage breeds, the Royal Palm, the Narragansett, mm-hmm. and oh, those are so pretty. Yeah, the Bourbon Reds. Wow. I'll have to send you some pictures. Yeah. Oh, I would love to see those. I'll put them on our show notes so everybody can see them. And then another thing we do here are our waterfowl. We do duck and geese here. Oh, great. Oh, we loved our ducks so much that. You know, I love, 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 loved my chickens, but the ducks were so fun. They're just, they're hysterical, and um, they have such personalities, and they were always like our super protectors. They were they would notice a hawk before anybody else. And they alert, and they all start flying, and they all go yeah. together. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Oh, they're so great. Uh, and geese, we, we never had geese, but I, I looked at getting them. I was just a little afraid they might be a little aggressive. It just depends on what breed you get. It really depends mm. on the breed. The, the Emden and the Chinese geese can be very aggressive. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have we have one goose. We call him Gnarly Gander in the Goose King. <laughs> <laughs> and we we take one goose by itself and we put uh-huh. them in with each individual flock of birds. Uh-huh. So, you know, we have different groups of turkeys for for example, we have four or five different groups of turkeys, and each group uh-huh. has its own goose, and that's the protector goose. Oh, awesome. So it will do like what you had said. It will alarm. It starts. Oh, they're hitting. such good watchdogs. They're very good watchdogs. <laughs> and um, we have, we just have three goats here. They're more pets for all the kids that come to visit. 
Uh-huh. What kind? Um, a Nubian. Oh, beautiful. Yes. And there, there's Millie and Tilly. And, <laughs> and the dad's name is Frodo. So. <laughs> Millie, Tilly, and Frodo. <laughs> oh, isn't it fun? They, it's so fun to have animals and come up with fabulous names. And they... They just like warm their ways to your heart for sure. They really do. They do all of them. The ones we use. For, I know. And the ones we keep as pets. I mean, absolutely. They all have a purpose, and but we love them all, especially when you farm this way. When they're free ranging, and you know, I'm looking out our farmhouse window, and I, I love our animals. I, I love what we do. Yeah. And that's really, I mean, that is, that is so true. Like we didn't, you know, we had people tell us, Oh, don't name the ones that, you know, are going to go in the freezer or whatever. And it's like, why? I mean, they're here now and you know, we want their life to be amazing and wonderful. It doesn't matter what the end goal is, whether they're going to be our pet, whether they're going to be for milk or meat or eggs or whatever. It was, everybody was treated the same and it was really, um, you know, rewarding for us um, to go out and, you know, interact with them all the time, pet them, cuddle them, you know, know them by name, know their personality, what they needed. You know, it was hours of entertainment, to be honest with you. I mean, we always said farm TV, you know. It's true. It's so true. Yeah. And it is so nice to be out there with them in the, in the different seasons. Now, it wasn't so great in three feet of New Hampshire snow, I will say, day after day, shoveling 200 animals out. That was a lot of work. But you're really out there with them when they're, you know, they're in the sunshine and, you know, they're on pasture. The chickens are all over there digging and scratching and eating bugs and berries and anything else that they can find. I mean, it's kind of amazing to watch all the different kind of animals when they're in their best habitat, you know? Yes. And the seasons, and the seasons. It's funny, you know, sometimes people get this bucolic sense of quote-unquote organic or pasture free-ranging farming, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it it isn't easy, and you you can't experience death maybe a whole lot more frequently than confined antibiotic, you know, um, medical treated so you don't have to go Mm -hmm. up against the elements but when you start farming this way and it really does the phrase survival of the fittest and you really do start weaning out survival of the fittest and the strongest even with the the instinct for predators when you run in it's amazing from where we started to where we are today the changes in the the strength of our livestock mm-hmm. to survive this way. Oh yeah, they're real. And then when we transitioned our the beef and the lamb to being a hundred percent grass fed, mm-hmm. that was a four year process of oh losses. my gracious. They didn't wow switch over to being put out on a pasture. So that's why I referred to that whole bucolic image. Mm-hmm. It's it's. You don't just take animals and throw them out on a pasture. Right. Pasture nope. Not that easy. Grooming, fertilization of the right kind, care, uh, mowing at the right yeah. times. I mean, it's there's a lot that goes into it. 
I think that's why um, Joel Salatin a lot of times says he's a grass farmer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> because it's so about management of the pasture and knowing when the animals can be there and when they really shouldn't be. And yeah. What does he call it? His the salad bar. I mean, yeah, great term, the salad bar. It's so true. And it's amazing. You get the wrong weeds or things in there. They won't eat them. They just no. won't sit. It's also fascinating how much turkeys, ducks, and geese, fowl, and poultry can eat down a pasture just as harshly oh as cattle. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, it was amazing. They I couldn't work. believe yeah, and even you know when we were um, when we were deciding we were going to sell the farm and 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 move on and and now do like a real food road trip when we're traveling all over, we um we were reseeding and reseeding with clover with anything that would take on that ground because the the chickens and the ducks had just moved through there and man can they eat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I always I always call those ducks tw- ankle twisters because yeah. when it Rains, they like to get those beaks down in the ground and they create these little divots. Those little holes. <laughs> They're, yeah, looking for those bugs. Man, can they make little tunnels all over the place? It's hysterical. It's um, fun. It is fun. And, you know, do you have pigs as well? We don't. That's the one thing my husband says no to. Bernadette okay. and Mary Elaine, our two youngest, would love pigs. Um, they keep working on them every year at the fair. <laughs> They catch a pig in the grease a pig contest, but they never get to bring it here. They never get to bring it home. (laughs) That's hysterical. I'll tell you, pigs were super fun for us. Now, we only had a few, um, but we loved them. They were great. I will say they eat a ton. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They really do. Um, we had one year we had two pigs, pickles and petunia, and they were actually American guinea hogs. So they were those smaller heritage breed. They weren't going to be 600 pounds, you know, that uh-huh. put your weight. They were about 100 to 150. And, um, you know, just, just those two, they ate in one season 500 gallons <gasps> of yogurt. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 500, and that was on top of all the scraps and everything else that they ate, which I can't even imagine how many hundreds of pounds that all added up to be, but 500 pounds of yogurt, and um, yeah, so they can eat, 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 Um, but they were so fun and so full of personality. It was just, they were a really neat addition to to the farm, but with everything else going on, I mean, they definitely have unique requirements. So, <laughs> but we had, you know, apple orchards near us in New Hampshire. We had apple orchards organic um, that we could go pick up drops and feed them, you know, the ones that have fallen out of the trees that weren't going to be edible for anybody else. Um, we fed them those. Um, they probably got 60 to 80 pounds of, of dropped apples. Um, acorns, We our farm was actually Acorn Hill Farmstead. So we had um, tons of acorns around and, uh, and would just fill bags. Uh, for them to eat. Yeah. So we, you know, tried to supplement their diet so much uh, and mainly not only for their health, but mainly for our pocketbook because they can really put it away. (laughs) (laughs) And they get so excited at mealtime. They'd squeal and hop around. Oh, it's just hysterical. You know, um, it's interesting when you say how much room they take and Mm -hmm. how much feed it takes 
to farm this way. Yeah. And if more than we ever thought. Yes. And if 100 families or 150 families weekly would support their local farmer. Yes. They could make a go at it. But oh, absolutely. the minute that weather turns bad or something isn't right, to run into the grocery store for quick inconvenience can also destroy that farmer. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. There's no reason we can't. Um, there's so much land. There's so much ability. Is everybody going to farm like us? No. But right. if you just got, you know, 100 and 150, you seem, you know, even we seem like we're out in the middle of nowhere. There are so many houses and families around us. It would be easy mm -hmm. to do that. So if people could just get that in their minds for whatever location or whatever part of the country they are in, to really support that farmer, not just talk about it, but really go out of your way to, you know, we'll go out of our way to go to a good school or a good church or a good mm -hmm. gymnastics class or swim coach. You know, if we could get that in our thinking for where we buy our produce or our meats. Yes. Yeah, that's so important. And that's really, I, I like framing it that way. Is we'll drive all over for a lot of things. Um, so, you know, let's make our farms, our organic family farms, such a priority. Um, because it is a ton of work. Um, I don't think anybody really, unless they've been there, realizes. Because, I mean, we, for years before having a farm, you know, of course, supported local farms. We, you know, we went out and did work a day on a farm, you know, whatever um, was necessary in our area, um, which, by the way, farmers can always use help. <laughs> <laughs> always use help. So if you want to go have the farm experience, hook up with your local organic family farm and ask them, how can I help you? Because believe me, they've got a list. Um, and you'll probably get some eggs out of it. So, hey, um, but, yeah, absolutely support them so much. Um, it takes so much work, time, money. It is such a commitment to, uh, to raising animals the right way and doing it organically. Um, you know, just so, so important. Um, but you guys have really worked hard to um, make it as accessible as possible. I know that you have a farm store, um, and then you also do some deliveries, too. Is that right? We do. We do home deliveries. Wow. Um, within certain areas, there's a, a map on our website um, uh -huh. where people can get where they fall into our range of deliveries. And, yeah, we're, we're, and we're shipping. We're, we're our shipping. We're trying our hardest to make it work. And yeah. sometimes I think people think we are bigger and more successful than what we are. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are successful, but it is a struggle week to week to make ends meet. And oh, that's sure. why I say if you could get 100 to 150 families, and that really isn't that many, ordering no. every single week, a pre-order mm -hmm. every single week, that would just make all the financial stress go away. Just right. that little bit of extra. Um, and that's why I think it's, you know, again, we have put a farm store in, in on the farm. We Our farm is immaculate. We keep it as clean and as beautiful and engaging and, and gardens as pretty as we can. Mm. Um, but we really, we need that continual support. And sure. what's hard is 
what I find for ourselves is we do not sell at farm markets. We only okay. sell from our farm. I uh-huh. am so Weston A. Price committed, and I will be forever grateful for what Weston A. Price and Sally Fallon and the whole um, conference and the gamut of doctors that they put on, what they've taught me within mm-hmm. their, their group. Um, not every farm market, just because you're a farmer doesn't mean you practice that way. Oh, right. Oh, so true. And yeah, you've really got to look as a consumer, you really have to look and ask questions. You've got to make sure that those animals are being raised correctly, fed correctly, you know, organic, non-GMO, that they're on grass, that they're, you know, their needs are being tended to. They're not being, you know, caged. They're not being treated with antibiotics and, and hormones. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to ask questions. We have taken all soy and all corn out of our feed for example. Amazing. So our eggs are a lot more expensive because non-GMO, no corn, no soy is a lot harder than people realize. And oh my gracious. Some yeah. of your top farmers out there, some of the very best ones we know, haven't even taken soy out of the feed because it's right. difficult and it just gets, the, the cost gets so, it's much cheaper when you feed soy because the rate of yeah. gain in the protein is higher. Right. So Yeah, we were soy-free. We were not corn-free. Um, we could not find that, but we were soy-free. Um, and uh, we had to order it by the pallet. Um, we were part of a local co-op of farmers that, can't, you know, we had to get a truck to come up, deliver pallets full. I mean, it was a huge ordeal to source that locally. If we were even just doing organic, even though it was so much more expensive than conventional. If we were just doing organic, that would be one thing, but soy free. And, and I can't even imagine corn free, very hard to source. Right. And you know, for example, our pigs, we, we, we don't raise pigs. I have someone else want do that for us. And it's one of our Mennonite farmers. I don't, oh, nice. I don't have control over him. All my other animals today, you got to remember, I didn't start out thinking I was ever doing this. Right. <laughs> All of our other animals, the beef, the lamb, the, the poultry, the fowl, we have control over all of that, for example. Mm-hmm. So then you get that one customer who says, well, why isn't your pork organic or why isn't it non-GMO or you act like you're this farm or that? And I'm like, but look at everything else that I've accomplished over the last 15 years. Right. And, right, and where you, if you, if people will support you, where you can continue to go and grow. Yes, yes, and finding those feeds are not easy. And no. today, with Monsanto as big as it is in the United States, and um, the way the fields have been contaminated, again, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things. There's so much more to all of it than meets the eye. It's there isn't is. that bucolic, you know, Mm-mm. atmosphere. No, it's not. It isn't. And, you know, again, that's where people need to engage in their local food community. You know, find the local farms, the organic farms. Get out there. Talk to them. Find out how can I help? How can I support you? And, you know, I loved your idea of having the standing order because not only does that help the farmer, but, you know, if I know, in you know, as a home cook, what's coming in the door Every week, I can make my meal plans, you know, I can, um, I can get ready 
for my delivery. Um, and that's really helpful. It's going to make me get more organized and know, okay, you know, I can vary my proteins. You know, I'm going to get some beef. I'm going to get some pork. I'm going to get some chicken. I'm going to get some lamb, um, duck, whatever, you know, so you can vary your proteins and know this is coming in, um, you know, within its season. So I really like that idea. And I think people have to, um, have to connect. They have to connect. They have to talk to their farms and figure out, you know, how can we support you? Yes. And, you know, I believe here's another when you said you were laughing at all my little mottos. We, <laughs> I love them. We believe in waste not, want not. Yeah. And if you waste not and want not, not only are you helping me know how much to grow, but I can only guess every Monday our orders come in for the week. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know how many people are going to want eight chicken thighs and ten drumsticks or how many whole birds. So I have to figure out on Monday, we cut off the date, and then I figure out how many birds do we have, how many do I have to cut down to get this, this, and this, and then whatever is left over, we sell through the farm shop. Mm -hmm. And having those pre-orders really helps us to cut, kill and cut as close as we can without wasting because on our farm, we try not to freeze. I don't Mm -hmm. have the freezer space. So we are butchering fresh every single week. Oh, my gracious. And then what doesn't sell, we freeze. And if I get too much of one thing, then me, moi, myself, and I (laughs) turn that into a stew or a soup or something that I can sell. Right. That's monumental work. Yes. It's tons of management on top of already tons of management. Yes. So when we get good customers who really are committed to us and love us and um, also love us for the, the mission and the passion and the knowledge, mm-hmm. the knowledge that I love sharing. Um, right. I like to refer myself. I'm, I'm a resource farm. I got right. into this because of my daughter's illness. No one had a roadmap for me where to go, where to find the resources, where to find doctors, um, nutritionists who could help me in a better way than I was getting help how many years ago in 2002, 2003. Right. Oh, my goodness. Right. And so I know my website isn't 100% up to date and my resource page, but we've got some great resources on there um, and guidance for almost no matter where you are in the country. And I need I need to update it more, but start in all your copious spare time in Weston A. Price <laughs> and Sally Fallon's Nourishing Traditions and the Nourishing Babies and Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride's Gaps Gut and Psychology book. Yeah, if I was starting anywhere. I would put those three books in my house, and you wouldn't have to spend much more money on anything else. Yeah, it's amazing to, like I said, those first 60, 70 pages that are, you know, not the recipes, but the nutrition information about ancestral, you know, traditional foods and what that does to our body um, is a great start for anybody in in nourishing tradition. It is. It's so eye-opening. Yeah. It is so important. And it doesn't matter, you know, what direction people need to go if they need to cut out 
grains or they need to cut out dairy. Like, n there's not a one-size-fits-all for everybody, but it's about the foundation of traditional and real food. It's about that. And that's what's so huge to understand. And it is that knowledge. It's that, it's that class that we were missing, you know, from our, you know, Health 101. The old health uh, classes. They took them out exactly. of school. Exactly. They That's took the our they took our egg classes out of our schools, agricultural classes out of our schools. Our future farmers of America, they've taken out of the schools. Yeah, yeah. So it's so important for people to be, you know, advocates for themselves, and you know, on every level advocates for themselves to figure out what to bring into their house, into their kitchen. You know, I mean, that's why we do what we do because we've been there. You know, we have been there on the other side. Um, you know, standard American diet, health problems, you know, toxic body care products, the whole gamut. We've all been there. And that's why we do what we do and share what we've learned so that other people can get well faster <laughs> and don't have to go through all the pain points that we went through. Yes. And, you know, I'm, I love your website. You really got a lot going on. I mean, I know you said you'd love to include more, but, I mean, there's a lot of information on there. Um, again, we'll put the link in the show notes, but fieldsofathenryfarm.com. And you guys have actually just started uh, blogging as well. So kind of a farming for Bernie. Um, it's, you know, the blog is accessible from your website, um, but it's, really nice to see uh, kind of the day-to-day -day of what's going on. And you're, you're sharing a lot of your nutrition info there as well. Yes, that's correct. And, you know, I want to refer back to something you just shared. Um, I said at the beginning of this program about if you want to kickstart this, if you want to mm -hmm. kickstart this and get going fast, six weeks, no dairy, no grain. Yeah. Maybe six months. And then you slowly start adding in if you've got real gut issues and you're, you kind of feel crummy all the time. But trust me, after that, and you start adding back in and you find out what works because it is no one size doesn't fit all. No, um, right. I love my raw milk and I love my soaked grains. So don't get me wrong mm -hmm. when I say no. That's just a kickstart. Right. Just to start because we <laughs> don't know. We don't know. And a lot of people, you know, we they're like, oh, my gosh, not gluten and dairy-free again or not grain and dairy-free again. But it's like those are such big issues for so many people, especially when you're already compromised health-wise. Yes. So to take those out and then, you know, add them back in after a trial and see how you do, how you feel. Because I, I was really struggling in the beginning with pasteurized milk. I couldn't have it. Um, we did the allergy testing. It was like, oh, you can't have it. But I can tolerate raw milk. And now I can tolerate some pasteurized as well. Of course, I don't like to, um, but in the way of cheese and things like that. But, um, but yeah, some people will never be able to tolerate that or don't feel their best. Maybe it's not an allergy or sensitivity. They just don't feel their best. And that's okay. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it may not be the milk, but it may be the chemicals that they use in the pro pasteurizing process. It may not be the right. bread, but it could be the chlorine bleach that they use when they're whitening the um, flour for the bread. Yeah. But a sourdough bread may be great because it goes through a fermentation process. Right. There's so much to learn. We could talk for a bazillion hours on this. There's so I know. much to learn. <laughs> you know, fermented foods, Bernadette loves fermented foods. 
But she okay. cannot do fermentation right now. We just okay. figured that out. So, you know, look at how long we've been doing this, and we're changing her whole diet again, and it's improving wow. even more. Now, we're hoping to get her to a level that she can introduce those back in. She right. loves kombucha, but she drinks kombucha or anything high in sulfurs right now. She can't breathe. Oh, wow. Had I taken her to the traditional doctor, she would have been put on asthma and allergy medications. Mm. And it was a matter of taking a certain food type. Something out of the diet. Yep. How crazy yeah. is that? Isn't that amazing? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, we talk with our clients a lot about there's this concept of I'm going to get healthy. Like it's this destination that we're going to get to. And I always say right away, we're going to dispel that. Let's just take that idea right on out of here because we're <laughs> never going to get we're never going to get to health. What we're going to get is resilience. We're going to build in the capability for you to have some leeway with your diet, have some leeway with our toxic world, be able to ride the ups and downs of life. That doesn't mean you're never going to get sick again. It's going to mean that you're going to bounce back faster. It's going to mean that you're going to be able to feel better every day. Um, you're going to get out of bed with more energy. There's a huge amount of benefits that will build into being healthy, but it's not this end-all, be-all. We get here. We figure it out. We never have to experiment because life is dynamic. Our bodies are changing all the time. Our environment is changing all the time. We need to be able to be open and continue to explore and read and learn and experiment with what's working for us right now. Absolutely. That is beautifully said. Beautifully hey. said. <laughs> Bernadette had her wisdom teeth out two summers ago. It put her into a nosedive. And that's mm. when, um, and it was scary. It was scary. Um, I bet. With Bernadette's Cushing's disease, her immune system is so low. Her cortisol levels now, we have a hard time keeping them to a normal level since the tumor has mm -hmm. been um, removed um, that say she were in a serious accident or something went wrong, she could go comatose and not wake up. And we've mm -hmm. had a couple fearful um, situations. One was after her wisdom teeth were pulled. Oh my that gosh. started everything all over again for us. And then right. she moved into a little cottage, beautiful little cottage on a pony farm where she worked. She loved it. She, oh, was, wow. ex she was exposed to mold. Um, oh, uh. it's, now she's living at home where it's a clean environment, and she's 19. And um, would she like to be out on her own in her own place? She would give sure. her right arm. But is she going to Ireland to side saddle hunt on horses uh, in November? Yes. So <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, there you have it. That one sounds of, like a dream. <laughs> a dream and one of the most dangerous sports out there. <laughs> but you know what? You could die driving a car tomorrow, and she's doing yeah. what she loves. Right. And it's exactly, if I could just paraphrase what you just said, it's, it's and you, you can say it the way I can't, but it's never going to be just you're going to get your health and it's going to sit there. Something's right. going to change. Right. And, yeah. um. You know, we have a younger daughter, and maybe this is for another time or another podcast, but um, acne. Acne is a huge thing for our young teenagers. It is. And um, we cleared that one up, but that's another day, another time. I'll share that story with you. To encourage yeah, we'll have to talk about that because that's a big one for a lot. Oh, yeah. Amazing. It's a big one for a lot of kids. 
amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, you know, like we said, we could get down this road and, and you know, even right now I'm looking through your uh, your blog and all these stories and I'm just like, oh, wow, we could talk about this and we could talk about that, <laughs> you know, because that is, that's nutrition. It's it's our passion, you know, and uh, but we better end it for our listeners because they are living busy, busy lives. And I know I see you right now, listeners, you're running around and listening to this. So. <laughs> just to say again um this was just a great call i really really appreciate you being on with us today and taking the time from your very busy farm schedule um and i don't do want to point everyone to your website again it'll be in the show notes but um just to make it clear you do ship um the broth i, I know it's not all of your products but the broth um, you do ship around the country. Actually, we do. We ship everything. We ship oh, our meat and we ship our broth. I didn't know that. Uh oh, I'm putting it in order. <laughs> if you if you go if you get it, we have a special page for shipping our bone broth. Okay. And where we can collect a credit card, and it's all automated. If you gotcha. want our meats or our cheeses or any other products that we have on our website, you go to the order form. You place your order, and you'll come across a special instructions. And in there, you tell me, we would like this shipped. And then you're going to get a phone call from us, and we'll collect your credit card information and take care of the rest over the phone with you. And the reason it's done that way is we don't know what your final cost will be until we get the weight of each piece of meat that's cut to fill your order. Yeah, exactly. That makes total sense. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know you shipped all that, so that's amazing. Yeah, I'm going to be looking at that (laughs) for certain. And when we are in uh, Virginia um, next spring, I've got to come see the farm because it just sounds like such a dream. We would love to have you out and invite any of your your, um, customers or consumers uh, out the day you come out. We'll make a fun day out of it. That might be be a lot of fun. (laughs) That would be a lot of fun. We will definitely talk about that. Well, thanks again so much for being with us today. Again, I think, you know, it's been such a a common story that, you know, we've got moms that are struggling. They know stuff's going on with their kiddos. And, you know, in many ways, oh, God, we would change that for anything in the world. But in your family, what a, a blessing almost in disguise to bring you to this lifestyle, to this way of eating, to this level of health, the empowerment that you were able to gain. You know, I mean, it's a hard lesson to learn, but it's things come to us as we need them. Yes, they do. And you never know where God puts you for what reasons or how you touch others' lives. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thanks so much. And again, everybody, all the links that you need will be in the show notes on the website underneath this recording. Just go to realfoodwholehealth.com. And Elaine, thanks again for being with us today. It was a joy, Amy. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today. And please remember to leave us an iTunes review. Also, head over to our website at realfoodwholehealth.com and enter your email to receive free goodies, discounts, updates, and more. See you next time on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast.